Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing, we just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. I am so glad to have everybody joining us today on Morning Walk and Photo Talk with the Artist Forge. As you know, if you've been here this week, we've been discussing confrontations and how we deal with them and specific techniques we can use to walk us through confrontations, get us to a desired end result, and hopefully mean the confrontation becomes valuable and not just some difficult thing we have to make it through, often resulting in both parties having resentment or whatever other nasty things can come up from having to be in a place of conflict with someone. And of course, particularly as artists, we're thinking often about our relationship with our clients, our online presence, all of that stuff. But these principles can go with you all the way through the spectrum of your life, um, from personal relationships to, um, to business relationships and all those other good things. So really important stuff to look at and dive into. We talked yesterday about some practical techniques that we can use to slow ourselves down, really consider how we want a conflict to end, to make sure that we have set our intentions um, and we know about our own biases and, um, you know, are just able to kind of account for the fact that we're not perfect, neither is the other person. Some of what we have to say is probably right. Some of what they have to say is probably right. And we both are wrong somewhere. So just to give ourselves a good foundation to get started, which leads us into what we're going to talk about today, which I think is one of the most helpful ways that we can approach conflict. And that is Abraham Lincoln's adage, do I not destroy my enemy when I make him my friend? And the idea behind this is how do we find common ground with the person who is approaching us with a conflict. And this can be um, seen really beautifully when we have to deal with clients. It can feel like they are an enemy coming into our territory to attack and hurt um, our, our income, our way of life, our, our ego sometimes even when people will come and they're just not impressed with the photos you took of them. That can be a real strike against your ego. So there's a lot of difficulty in putting that aside and trying to figure out, okay, rather than approaching this issue with me as the defender and you as the aggressor, how can we position ourselves so that it's not you against me, it's us against the problem, right? And so that requires one of the things we've already talked about, which is sitting aside your ego a little bit, not feeling like you must defend yourself at all costs, but it also requires that empathy that Matt talked about yesterday, being willing to step into someone's shoes, to imagine what it must feel like to be in their position, and to, to recognize that the two of you are not enemies, as much as it can be difficult to allow somebody to come into your space like that, that person is not your enemy. The problem is the enemy. 
And we've got to be willing to recognize that and figure out ways to come together. So that's going to be the topic of today's conversation, how we find common ground. And I'd like to begin specifically by thinking about this from a client-centric point of view, but I also think it would be really valuable for us to consider that from a broader perspective also, because as we've talked about during this entire conversation, our ability to move forward successfully with any group of people, whether that is your local camera club, the political region that you're in, all of that kind of stuff, us as a country, really depends on recognizing the innate humanity of the other people and not making value judgments about who they are morally when we try to solve problems, recognizing two heads is better than one, and that both of us, coming from an opposite point of view, means that we can understand an issue in greater detail and depth. It's almost like, um, if you've ever heard the story of the blind men and the elephant, the idea is that three blind men are walked up to an elephant and told to touch the part of the elephant that they're standing next to, and then explain what the elephant is. And one blind man is near the end and he holds the elephant tail and he says the elephant is a rope. And then another blind man is next to the side of the elephant and he touches the elephant's side and he says an elephant is clearly a wall. And then the one in the front touches the elephant's nose and he says the elephant is clearly a hose. So all of these three had accurate information about the part of the elephant they were exposed to, but it's not until you bring all of them together, even when the, they're on opposite sides, it's not until you bring all of them together that you actually get a better picture of the entire issue. And the same is true for us, whether it's clients we're dealing with or people of differing political opinions, um, everybody gets a chance to look at the issue from an opposite side. And the better you can understand it, even if the result is not that you change your mind, the more information you get, the more likely we are to be able to approach a problem and solve it and have a great outcome. So my question to everyone today, folks in the audience, be thinking about this one because we definitely want to bring you up a little bit later, is how can we go from being enemies in a conflict to bringing both of us together for common ground where we can approach a problem together. And obviously I want to start with my mods. What do you guys think? How do we find common ground with people who are coming at us with a problem? Let's think about it from a client perspective first. Boy, I think, you know, oh man. Okay, uh, big, big question, right? And it's all very situational. There's a lot of variables, but if we try to look for, for commonalities in how do we approach something like this, I think the first most important thing is to shut up and listen. Just listen. Understand that you're not going to get anywhere in finding common ground if you're already in your head waiting to speak waiting to undermine their argument, thinking about ways around what they're saying. The important thing really is as simple as listening. Because oftentimes when you do take that few beats to listen to what they're saying, let them get it all out, that you start to hear other things besides what that original point might be, 
right? So for me, it's always taking time before responding or acting. Just, you know, if you're confronted, your first reaction is almost always going to be some level of defense, um, which could cause additional problems and for things to spin sideways. But taking time to truly listen and think about what was said so that you can respond to it calmly is really just a, the, the number one rule in my book is to say, okay, well, what was just said? And I've mentioned this on Monday as well, which was, all right, is this what you said? Is this what you meant? Right? Just making sure that whatever's coming your way is very clear so that you can choose how to move forward. Um, second to that is, is it something you agree with? Is it something that you disagree with? Is it factual? Is it not factual? Is it a point of view and an opinion or is it fact? And I think by just taking a few beats to think about those things before you respond, that sets a really calm basis for whatever comes next. Sounds extraordinarily simple, but it is very powerful. How about we start there, Nicole? I think that's a fantastic place to start and really speaks to, you know, when we talked about setting an intention, you can't do that if all you're doing is waiting to speak, right? Like if you're not listening, if you're just feeling riled up and you, you feel like you have to say the thing that's on your mind, that doesn't give you a chance to set an intention at all. And if you can approach something calmly, I think you're much more likely to be able to talk somebody into coming to the middle or finding a place where both of you can stand on common ground. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely agree 100%. And then I think the question becomes after that, once you have listened and maintained your empathy and tried to put aside your ego a little bit and weigh and judge what the other person is saying, what comes next? Like, how do we then say, well, where can we meet? And I know Becca actually has a really fantastic response for when somebody comes to you with a problem. And Becca, maybe you can share that. Um, something about saying thank you. Hold on, I had to wake up my last remaining brain cell. Um, yeah, yeah, replacing sorry with thank you is like a giant magical sword to empower whoever you're talking to. That was a weird analogy. My no, I love it. But it's super true, for sure. <laughs> it is. It is. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't want to call it a weapon because we're trying to avoid and resolve conflict here. But, um, you know, it, it's a tool in your belt. And it's so powerful because it switches the power dynamic kind of and it, it helps to empower whoever you're speaking to and let them again as i've repeated numerous times you know let them know that you care about their feelings and you're grateful for their time and you know as a customer for their business so yeah thank you thank you thank you yeah and and i love that so much for a lot of reasons but one of them is because if you think about the power dynamics at play when a client comes to you with something that they're unhappy with they are at a pretty great power imbalance there because you are the one who gets to decide whether or not you solve their problem. And of course there's, there's paths they can take if, if you do not. But for most of us, 
are not willing to go to small claims court and all of the trouble that it's going to take to get something from a small business person we've worked with if we disagree about the way we've been treated or we think for some reason we haven't gotten what we were owed, right? Like that's that just makes the problem worse. So the power imbalance is weighted heavily in our favor. And when somebody comes to us, they recognize that. Make no mistake, we internally recognize the fact that we are showing up to this situation um, on the, the low side of the slope. So when we as the business owner and the person of power don't look at that individual as if they're attacking us uphill, but we say, hey, I, I really appreciate you coming to me with this. Thank you for being willing to share your thoughts. I know it's not easy. And of course, I never would want you to feel this way, right? That completely changes it. Now, like Becca said, you've in the way you've kind of given them a magical sword, you've said, look, I'm evening out the power balance here so that this doesn't have to be me versus you. I want to give you the power to advocate for yourself in this situation. And I mean, man, what a, what a number one, Think about what a de-escalator that is, because now the reason for half of the um, energy that you've built up is gone. You don't have to charge up that hill anymore. You're standing on equal ground. That's a really big deal. And two, it makes it very clear that we as business owners are truly invested and interested in the people that we're working with, and we care about them enough to say, I'm not going to lord my ability to say no over you. I, I, I want this to work out for us and for you. Let's figure this out together. It's a really big change in the playing field. So I love that approach so, so, so much. Anything else, y'all, that we can kind of think of and how we can find a middle ground, a common ground when we are in a conflict or a confrontation with um, a potential client or a past client? by asking like that's that's really like number one is thank you i appreciate you and i want to make this right and number two is where is the disconnect like what is this client upset about are they upset because they thought they were getting digital images and they got digital images that were sized to the size purchased i've had that conversation several times and okay, that means, again, I'm going to take 100% responsibility because obviously I did not educate them properly, right? And so it's, how do we make this right? You understand the disconnect. You've thanked them. You've given them the power. So what is, what is the reason they're upset? Because there might be some times where I'm like, you know what? All of this was explained to you. You repeated it back to me. You signed a contract. Here is where XYZ is. And then can I deliver more to make you happy? Or am I issuing a refund? Or was somebody mean to them, right? Maybe it's not a money thing. Maybe the hair and makeup artist just sat there and talked shit about something the entire time and totally ruined their experience. Right? So they spent the rest of their photo shoot thinking, God, like, what a negative bitch. Like, oh, this sucks. You know, like, what's the disconnect? Where did you or your team mess up? And how can you make that right for them? And how they respond to that will determine how you move forward. I think that's so great. And so 
when we ask, you know, how do I make this right? What happened and how do I make this right? Um, for you, I know Bassam has talked about non-negotiables before, things that he knows in advance are lines that he's not willing to cross. Um, do you have any of those for your business, Kat, or is it completely situational based on what has happened with the client? I mean, I think everything has to be to some extent situational, right? Like, I would have to understand more about what those non-negotiables might be. You know, if I've already delivered the product and the imagery to a client and then they turn up and they're like, God, you know, I'm feeling really bad. Like I had a mom come to me after the fact, she was picking up her order. So they paid for everything and she came back in to pick everything up without her daughter and sat down and was like, I just wanted to let you know, this was far too expensive. And I went, I'm sorry. I, I, what happened? And she was like, well, every other photographer in town is cheaper. And I really feel like you took advantage of us. And I said, I'm, I'm really sorry. Like, I, I don't understand where this fell sideways. And really what happened was she got her digitals and was showing them around to other people. And everybody she was talking to was like, God, you got ripped off. Crap, I forgot my mask. Oh no. I was forgetting something. Um, but it was like totally out of left field for me. And I wasn't in like that non-negotiable for me was this order's already been placed. You knew the prices from start. Like, and now other people are in your ear telling you, you paid too much. So I'm not giving her a refund, right? If you go through the entire process and are happy and excited when everything's done and then come to me after the fact, like, Ugh. like I'm not going to give you a refund, but I might give you a gift voucher for a dollar amount toward another session to sure. say, you know what, mom, like, I'm really sorry you feel that way. I feel like it was a really great experience for your daughter. You've even said, you know, to me, like her confidence went through the roof. La 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 la. She's been on cloud nine for weeks. Why don't we give you this experience? Right? Here's a thousand dollars toward a session with me. Right? Because then I'm taking some of that, the ownership of that, but I'm not coming down on my prices. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm offering to give her that same experience. But if it's a confrontation maybe in the sales room, like, oh, I didn't understand that this would be this much. Then I know that I didn't handle the education properly. Right. Right. Yeah, I think... Um... I think it's really valuable for us to, to think about, I mean, we have an entire situation there to consider when we're thinking about our clients from their past experience with us, what our customer journey looks like that they get to go through. And certainly that allows us to consider our own culpability when we look back at their experience and what we may have done. And also, you know, when Bassam mentions his non-negotiables, 
um, one of the things that he says that he has set up for his business is if somebody's taking advantage of me, that's a non-negotiable. Like this is an area we don't negotiate in because it's just not an acceptable way to have a relationship as far as he's concerned. And so, you know, and obviously whether or not you believe somebody is taking advantage of you is going to be completely dependent upon the situation. Um, but that for him is one thing he knows in advance he's not going to budge on if his conclusion is that it has become a situation for them to be able to take advantage of you. And um, that can be really difficult to judge. And of course, that's why it's an individual thing and it's very circumstantial, but it's definitely important to think about where, when we want to meet somebody in the middle, are there lines we're not willing to cross? And how far are we willing to go? And I really appreciate what Wynn said yesterday when he said, you know, very simply, if a client is unhappy, then I say to them, my job is to make you happy. So what do I need to do to make you feel thrilled and satisfied, et cetera, about with the service, the products, whatever you've gotten from me. And of course, there are different ways we can all word that to suit our business. But I think it's definitely a valuable thing to think about. And then to ask that question, because one of the things he mentioned is most of the time what they say is far less than what we're willing to do. And that's a question we've got to ask ourselves as well. How far are we willing to go? Are there lines we're not willing to cross? when it comes to customer satisfaction. And I know we've probably all experienced that from the opposite point of view when we've gone to maybe a restaurant or a boutique or somewhere and the service or the food, the product just really wasn't what we expected. Um, and in those cases, there are times when the restaurant will say, sorry, <laughs> that's too bad for you. And other times when they'll be like, hey, here's a free dinner on us, or we'd like to give you a refund or whatever, the circumstances are always different. We have to come to those conclusions ourselves. So it can really be a complicated ball of string <laughs> to try and wind our way through. I had an experience, and I've mentioned this before, so you'll have to forgive me if you've heard this one, but I've, I've only had a couple of times where clients were not happy with the images that they received from me. One was a woman who came in for a boudoir shoot. We talked about how she wanted everything to go, her inspiration for the shoot, what she wanted to look like and feel like. And she mentioned to me, Sophia Loren. And for anybody who's familiar with the actress, she's an Italian woman. She's very sultry, very beautiful, um, very much... I mean, sultry is like the perfect word to describe her, I think. And also fiery, you know, kind of powerful woman. And so when we did her boudoir shoot, that was what I aimed for with the shoot itself, with coaching her through expressions and posing, with wardrobe, all of that stuff. And then when she came to her session, it was a gift to her boyfriend. So they were both there. He absolutely loved everything. She was not very happy. She felt like she didn't recognize herself in the images. And of course, I was left a little bit speechless because I really felt like I had, I had hit the markers that we were going for. And when I asked her what was it about the images that she felt like didn't um, look familiar to her, she said, I don't recognize myself when I'm not smiling. Okay, so that is certainly not 
um, you know, a trademark for Sophia Loren. Um, and so I, I was a little bit blown away. But rather than be upset with her, and of course, I offered, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry, because I recognized what I could have done in this situation was be more specific with her and say, okay, what is it about Sophia Loren that you want to apply to this shoot? She might have said something like the makeup or the styling, the way she always has a kind of a wasp waist and this hourglass figure, or who knows, you know, she, she might have said anything, but certainly it wouldn't have been, she's always making sultry expressions um, because that didn't apply to how she saw herself, which is not something I, I would have known if I hadn't asked, which meant for me, it was a lesson in, okay, in the future, I need to be more specific when people bring me inspiration about finding what it is in this that they think applies to what they want. And so I was quick to say, well, I would love to do another shoot with you. Let's do this again so that we can capture those expressions you feel like represent who you are. But interestingly enough, she didn't want to. She didn't want a refund. She thought the experience was fantastic. And she recognized that the photos were beautiful. She just didn't like them, but her boyfriend did. So we walked away from that experience without actually changing anything, which is, which was kind of wild. Um, but, you know, in order for us to find common ground there, I really had to figure out what it was that she was unhappy with and recognize my culpability in the experience so that she felt like I heard what she was saying because I imagine if I had approached that situation defensively and said, these are beautiful, you look amazing, I don't know what you're talking about, your boyfriend loves them, why are you complaining? You know, if I had approached it from that place, I really doubt whether she would have been like, no, you know what, I'm happy I paid you this money, he loves them, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Let's, I, I'm okay with letting things be what they are. I really doubt whether or not that would have been the case. Um, because then she would have become defensive and the whole thing could have devolved into a great big mess. So that's just one example of a potential outcome that we could have if we take the time to make sure we find that common ground and, uh, and bring the person and ourselves to a middle place instead of attacking from opposite sides. So I know that we are getting close. We are kind of at our halfway point. I want to make sure, Mods, do you guys have anything else that you want to share in regards to how do we find common ground um, before we open it up and, and ask the audience to come and share their thoughts? I have a question kind of related to that story. Yeah. Um, so I feel like in most, you know, customer client facing conversations, we can generally walk in with, you know, some sort of idea for how we could potentially solve this problem. You know, we probably have an idea of what their complaints may be. And again, leaning into those kind of non-negotiable ideas where we may be willing to do X, Y, Z, whatever, depending on what their issue is. However, uh, like in this uh, situation with the client and wanting to look like Sophia Loren and then not liking the photos, have you guys ever had an experience with a client who seemed to just want to be mad, just to be mad. And how do you deal with that? Because I'm thinking back on like the couple of times I've had bad client conversations, and I can think of two where that was the case. 
where solutions were presented and they did not want to reach a solution. They just wanted to be really pissed off. I'm curious if anyone else has experienced that. Did For any of those clients, did you ever actually reach any solution or did they just walk away leaving things as they were but pissed off? Yep. Yep. Um, huh. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I can explain the two of them. Uh, and they were completely like unrelated. One of them actually wasn't uh, a client. It was a makeup artist that I was doing a collaborative shoot with. And this was before I used contracts even for test shoots or trade shoots or anything. And I said, this is just a collaborative shoot. We're getting together, whatever. She shows up, she does the makeup. It's great. I ask her if there's anything she needs from me before we head to the shoot location. She's like, nope, bye and leaves and uh, deliver the photos like a couple weeks later everything's fine. And then she posts the photos on her Instagram calling me out for not paying her day rate. And yeah, publicly. Um, And the model contacted me. I didn't even see this. The model contacted me (laughs) and was like, Hey, I don't want to be associated with this drama. Like, please handle this. And so I reached out immediately. I'm like, Hey, I I realized I was unclear here. Um, You know, I'm happy to pay your rate. Please let me know what that is. And uh, she didn't want to be paid. She just wanted to talk shit on the internet and was telling people like she knew where I lived because we did makeup at my house and was just totally, utterly bizarre. Um, Something like that. Offered to pay, offered to fix the problem. And uh, yeah, but that's like sitting in my trauma bank in my memory. But I don't know if anyone else has had weird experiences where someone just really wanted to take out their anger on you. Not I, that's, that's definitely wild. Uh, many of the other mods you guys have had those experiences you know uh Um, i haven't had oh sorry matt no all i was going to say is i think this group very well knows my views on mental health um but sometimes crazy is just gonna crazy and that's really what it comes down to i'm sorry you had that happen becca it was weird. It was weird. And it was just, you know, a one-off thing. Um, I can think of one other person at the nightclub and they also didn't want to reach a solution. But um, yeah, just I, I'm curious how often that comes up because I feel like otherwise we can generally go in with a plan and solve most problems. Yeah. I wonder if there are times when somebody is just unhappy. We are a convenient target for venting their anger. And if we just have to... Um, step away and allow them space to be pissed off and then i mean of course we're, we're still going to try to offer you know solutions and if they take none i mean i feel really comfortable walking away at that point it's particularly if i've not tried to defend myself or be um or, or have any kind of reprisal in that situation just let somebody be mad and piss off of course granted that they don't try to attack me or anything but um yeah, I think Matt's right. I mean, I, I think sometimes in those situations, I don't really know that there is much you can do except just allow them to vent and go about their business. Of course, if anybody in the audience has experienced anything like this and it turned out well, um, would love to hear from you. Um, I so, think it's, it's important to understand too, like if somebody's coming after you publicly online and just slandering the shit out of you out of left field and you have called to readdress like the education component and the contract that you agreed on or at least the terms that you agreed on and then like you pull something like this um i would very succinctly go right straight to the post that you know where she's running her mouth and just 
list out like, hey, when we booked this session, it was on collab, but if you wanted to be paid uh, for that, uh, I reached out to make that right with you. You totally blew me off and told me that's not what you wanted. And instead, you just came to Instagram to run your mouth. Um, I won't be using you again, and let alone for any paid work. Thank you. Have a nice day. That was actually about my solution there. But uh, yeah, interesting to think that sometimes there just isn't ever a real resolution. But I, I, well, I'm a big believer in like honoring your business. Yeah. And I know a lot of people would probably be like, you know what, cut crazy loose and just don't even engage. And that's totally a way that you can do that because then you're honoring your mental health as well. Um, but I'm also like, don't pick on me. <laughs> I'll come I, love, I love that phrasing, that, uh, that honoring your business. That's great. Yeah. And I think, I think Kat's amazing at this, um, in standing her ground, right? And I'm not trying to talk about you in the third person cap, but I know that you're in an airport right now, but, um, you know, the, the point being, I think at the beginning of any of these confrontations, having a sense of self, and like Bassam always goes on about knowing your non-negotiables, knowing where you stand, knowing what you're going to be flexible on and not before you ever get into one of these situations. I know I'm never going to give a 100% refund without exhausting all my options to make it right. Um, I know that if I did my job right, then there might be something else that is not reflective of me that is going on, right? They're just going to be mad about something else that's happening in their life, which is why at the beginning of these conversations, I really try to root out, you know, play that why game that we've talked about so many times. How many levels can you go down? I feel this way. Well, why do you feel this way? Well, because you didn't give me service. Well, why do you feel like I didn't give you service? And really get to the heart of the matter um, because at that point, it's going down that cognitive hierarchy pyramid again where we start at the, you know, kind of like that top level behavior, which is that surface thing that that is the what they believe is the issue. But as you dig further and further down, you get to the real root of the matter. And it's at that point that you can start building a solution. So I think, you know, when you do get into one of those situations, it's kind of a crapshoot if it's going to get resolved because they might just be stubborn and will never give you the information that you need to come to a proper resolution, at which point you need to have that sense of self to say, you know what, this this isn't going to go any better than it is right now. So here's my plan of action. Um, but, you know, like we all try to do to honor the business is do what we can for our clients. But at the same time, on that honoring the business, you have to stand your ground if you know exactly what you're willing or not willing to bend on. One thousand <laughs> percent. Turn it into a song, it always makes it better. Um yeah, I, I think it's so important for us to make sure we do that work beforehand and at least have a framework for ourselves to work off of. Like understanding, Matt, for you, that a full refund is a last-ditch effort to make someone happy after everything has gone before. And also, I'm sure, after you have decided whether or not the fault 
or any of the fault really lies on your shoulders. And all of us have to make sure we make those decisions for ourselves. And that's that part of setting intentions that we talked about before. And then once we get to a place where now the confrontation is actually happening, we know the framework that we're working within, we've, we've put ourselves in a place of empathy and set our ego aside, we're listening to our client, we make sure that they understand that we value their feedback, we want to make them happy, we've heard from them, really heard them out without listening for only the purpose of being able to respond. And then where do we go from here? So we've listened and now we need to bring them to some kind of middle ground. What do we do? How do we, how do we approach that? What do we say? Are there steps that we take? Like, how do we look at this practically? And friends in the audience, if you've experienced this and you have any thoughts, please raise your hand. We'd love to bring you up and hear how you approach these things. Hey, Nicole, I do want to tell you a story um, about the most insane confrontation that I've ever had in my studio. Um, oh, give. Yeah. So Spill the tea, sir. <laughs> it was literally the week that I opened my studio. This is uh, about three years ago. It was the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, thereabouts. And I got a job, right? I was coming out of the commercial world and doing retail. And there was a gentleman in town, a younger guy who had a side business selling Amazon wigs, like really cheap kind of costume wigs. And he came in and said, you know, I want to refresh the pictures on my website. I want white background stuff. Um, we just need pictures of all of these wigs. And I said, okay, no problem. And I started to price things out. And, you know, I was trying to get my feet under me for what I was doing locally. He was the brother of someone that's very prominent in town. I was trying to do all the things to say, hey, this could be a great job for me. Well, he comes in with 40 of these really cheap nylon wigs where everything is static electricity. So as we start shooting, the flyaways are just insanity. And I'm using hairspray and I'm pushing things down. And I'm saying at some point, it's going to take us all day to shoot these wigs. I said, what we'll do is we'll go through the wigs quickly. We'll spray everything down to the best of our ability. And then I can remove some things in post. Great. I go home, we, we shoot all day. He was originally contracted for an hour. We shot for four and a half hours. This was a $250 job because I was trying to do something good, new client, get good word of mouth, right? All that stuff. So take all these images, go home that night. I start retouching them. And I realize after six hours of retouching flyaways that I need to charge him a little bit more money. So... I get everything done. I send in the images that night with the invoice for the $250 plus an extra $40 for the additional six hours of retouching. Don't yell at me for the pricing. Just go with the story. So I deliver everything to him, go to bed, wake up the next morning, start driving into the studio where he starts texting me. Where are you? We need to talk. I said, I'm driving. I'll be in the studio in a few moments. We go into the studio. He pulls up literally screeching his rubber into my parking lot, runs in, starts slamming on my desk. Give me all of these images. I'm not paying a cent. You owe me this. You said you could do this. You didn't do that. All of these things physically confronting me, starting to walk around my desk, 
wanting to get close to me. I don't get intimidated that easily and really just maintained a calm composure and said, all right, slow down. What is it that your issue is? And we talked it through and he wasn't hearing anything. To make an extraordinarily long story short, um, I basically told him to leave immediately. He wasn't getting anything and that he can just keep those pictures. They are what they are. I'm not charging him. He will never set foot in the studio again. I will never accept anything from him again. And if anything gets put out publicly, I have not only witnesses in the other part of the studio, but I have everything recorded. So he, um, I didn't have everything recorded, but you know, you never know. So with that, he um, left the studio and his brother, uh, his sister, uh, who is the prominent person in town, came to me and asked what was going on. And I explained everything to her. And she just kind of left going, hmm, okay. At that point, I realized a couple of things. One, contracts are everything. Everything's spelled out in contracts. Two, don't negotiate. If someone comes to you, refer to your contract. Third, choose your projects carefully. Stand up for yourself. Um, and at this point, I've never treated a job exactly the same since that. I've never gone back and done something the same way. Everything is extraordinarily clear. And if there are any additional costs associated at anywhere along the way, they are clearly communicated and signed off by client and photographer. So learned a lot of lessons from that very first client that I had in the studio. And it's still something today that I laugh about and I think about um, because we've run into each other occasionally in town and it's always a bit uncomfortable for him. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there that, yeah, sometimes it can become, you know, extraordinarily um, uncomfortable, almost to the point of <laughs> physical violence. <laughs> so there's that. Good, great. <laughs> Doesn't everybody want to do it? <laughs> Come along, run your own business. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it, that's that is absolutely wild. Um, and and just proof in the pudding how circumstantial so much of this is. And you know, Matt, if you had not already done a lot of that internal work to be able to like if you were the person you were five years before i imagine that would have been an entirely different experience for you and that poor fella 100 percent. and you know the interesting thing was he kept complaining you didn't retouch anything i said all right hold on one second and i would pull up the side by side the before and after and it was very clear that i had retouched everything well you didn't shoot this type of thing Yes, I did. Let's take a look. And I proved every one of his points incorrect in a calm, assured manner. I was unwilling to give because I knew what I had done and I knew the quality of the work that I had done. I was not going to be belittled or bullied into providing something that I didn't need to provide. But in the end, I thought it was better for my business just to basically cut and run, give him everything, count it as a loss and be done with it. Um, and that's the only time that I've ever done that. Yeah. Woof. It's rough, man. I, the only similar experience I mentioned the two times that I've had unhappy clients, 
The second time was a a gallop from Denver. She wanted to come down and shoot with me. She wanted to start building a model portfolio. And um, she, she at first asked me if we could collaborate. And I let her know that I only do collaborations at this point for projects that I'm working on and people I already have a relationship with. And so I let her know what my rates were and how many images she would get, what the experience would be like, all that kind of stuff. She sent me her, um, her inspiration photos and came down. It, everything seemed to go fine. She seemed like she was having a good time. We captured a lot of images. If you've ever worked on model portfolios before, you will know that these are generally not very exciting or highly styled images in big part because the cleaner they are, the better they show off the model the easier the model is to sell. If you've worked with modeling agencies, you can go and have a look at some of the uh, some of their digitals and, and see what those look like. So we do the images. We even did a couple of really um, stylized ones just to give her something really fun. And she contacted me back and she's like, I, I really don't like these. Like, I don't know what you did to me, but I just feel like I don't look good. My self-confidence has really taken a hit. You know, she, she really felt bad. And of course, then I felt really bad because when I looked at the images, I thought she looked beautiful. And I never want anybody to work with me and feel like I made them look worse, um, which was a really strange experience. And so I said, look, come back down. Um, we will shoot again. And this time we'll shoot tethered. I will show you the images that we capture. You approve everything. And so she's like, okay, that sounds good. So she came down this time. I discovered in this process that she was most used to seeing herself in selfies. She was also an exotic dancer. So most of the time when she was being photographed, she was very, very made up. If you are trying to be a model, this is not what we do. Um, if, you, if you want into the modeling industry, you do not show up with a full crazy face. The closer you are to bear, the better it's going to be for agencies to want to pick you up and be able to sell you because clients need to know what your face looks like. So I altered the way that I was shooting. I shot her from above her eye level a little bit more often. I used a wider angle lens to mimic some of the effects that she would get from her phone. She approved every photo we took. She said she loved them, all of that stuff. And then I retouched the images she picked and sent them to her. And she still wasn't happy. She still didn't like the way she looked after all of these things. And I said, and then she asked me for a refund. And I said, you know what? I'm really, really sorry that despite the best efforts on both occasions and your approvals through every step of the way, we still didn't get something you were happy with. But I have now cost sunk into this on your behalf and that cost goes to the running of the business this is not my take home this is what the business needs in order to operate you now have two sets of digital files i really cannot give you a refund um and that was that was as far as the situation got um but and luckily she did not decide to you know she she obviously felt like it was okay to let it go at that point um, but she very easily, if she wanted to, could have 
gone off and tried to slander me or say anything she wanted online about my terrible service. But they're really, you know, I had gone out of my way as far as possible because I obviously did not charge her for the second shoot and I paid my makeup artist out of pocket um, to come back. So that was, that was as far as it was going to go. For me, that was a point that was non-negotiable. If we've gone to the effort of doing an entirely different shoot where you've approved everything, I feel like I have come to your side as far as principle will allow me to go. And that's unfortunately as, as far as I could go. I didn't work with her again after that. I don't think she worked with any of the other photographers I knew in that community after that which was too bad because she was a beautiful girl and she certainly could have um, eventually had a career in modeling. But at that point, it was her own insecurities that were at play against how she felt about the images and not what would have been acceptable um, or even desirable for a modeling portfolio. So sometimes all you can do is not going to be enough. But I think and it sounds like our experience is that that is the rarity, right? For the most part, we're able to come to some kind of conclusion by helping the client understand that we're on our side and we want to fix the problems. So we are now very near to the end of the hour. I want to make sure that nobody in the audience has anything to share. Y'all are quiet today. Um, I know it's not always easy to talk about times when you've had confrontations with clients and you don't have to share those if you don't want to but maybe you have some really great insights into ways that you can help a client understand that you are on their side and help find a middle ground so that you two can attack the problem as partners and not attack each other as enemies and if anybody has anything would love to have you raise your hand you guys have so much valuable stuff to share it's just uh i wanted to grab onto what you just said about mentioning the model's own insecurities. And I feel like often a lot of those kind of conflicts that we find stem from insecurity in all these various different ways. Um, so one thing I was thinking about earlier before I went on my bizarro tangent um, was, you know, being able to relate to that, to that emotional aspect, to those insecurities yourself and how you might've experienced them, um, you know, in other businesses or whatever. And I think it's it's very easy to try to one-up people when you are relating to them um you know as has been mentioned today you know not just waiting for your chance to speak you know or like just you know waiting to say the next thing but to really empathize in a way that's understandable to them so if they're having a negative experience or you know their expectations weren't met or they're feeling insecure about how they look you can bring up your own anecdotal story there in a way that relates to them without having to prove that yours was worse but I think if it's done with tact and it's done gently that can be so incredibly effective for breaching that barrier with your clients because they again see that you totally do understand and you do want to fix the problem uh, so really considering what those insecurities might be, what the emotional issue that they're having might be, and how you can relate to that. Absolutely. And, you know, that's, you've heard it said before, but we'll, it's worth saying again, all photographers should be in front of someone else's camera at some point, just for the experience of what it is like to be on the other side, to go through the whole schlemiel and uh, and feel what it is to be in that process because being able to relate to the client is kind of the soul of being able to have that empathy. I mean, if you've never 
had your portrait taken before or you've never hired somebody for your business or whatever it is, um, you can use your own experience in other areas to relate as best you can. But I, I absolutely believe the closer we can get to having that experience, the better we're going to be able to understand when somebody comes to us for feeling that experience has failed them somewhere. And, um, and you're right, Becca, I do believe we can share an anecdotal experiences without making somebody feel like it's, it's the, uh, the trauma Olympics, right? Like we, we, ours was worse. Like we don't have to go there, but I think it's really easy to say, thank you for telling me. Um, I never would want you to feel this way. I've had a similar situation before. I was really uncomfortable as well. So I know it took a great deal of courage for you to come to me with this problem today. And I appreciate that. I'm going to be able to make my business better because you have told me this. So let's figure out how we can make this right. I mean, that is a, an entirely different way to approach it than when both sides are looking at the other as if it's a person to overcome rather than a partner to work with. I see we lost Kat, so she must be flying out. Um, and we are only a few minutes from the end of the hour. So friends in the audience today, last call. Do you have any thoughts about working through these situations and how we can find common ground when we have a conflict? And this would be a good time to mention, obviously we're talking about clients. Does anybody have any thoughts about just um, confrontations that are not necessarily with clients? I see Wynn is up with us. Hello, good sir, would love to hear from you. Hello, good morning. Uh, first, I wanna thank Kat if she's still listening. Maybe she's not. She was wonderful last night. She spoke at our uh, local uh, guild meeting and she was Kat on steroids. She was wonderful. Um, the, the thing that, we, that comes to mind when, I, when we talk about stuff like this is several years ago, I was hired by a very wealthy client to photograph her family at Christmas time, her extended family. Everybody had come in from out of town. And uh, her home was gorgeous. In fact, her front entranceway had a staircase on which I eventually photographed 28 people together. That give you some idea of the, of the specs of the home. And while I was in there looking around as to where we were going to photograph, I noticed a, uh, a beautiful oil painting by a local artist whose name I will not mention. And uh, I remarked on how beautiful it was. And she looked at it, she said, yeah, damn thing cost me $8,000 and I hate it every time I look at it. Right then and there, it became my policy to give a you have got to love it guarantee. Uh, if I take your picture and you do not love it, I will take your picture again until you do. And if I cannot take your picture in, in such a way that you will love it, then I will take them all back and give you back all your money because I don't want any of my work out there ever to be said, yeah, when did that picture and it cost me $3,000 and I hate it. I never, ever, ever want anybody to say that about my work. And I will and, and have changed the orientation of a family group picture 
because they ordered a vertical. We printed it and mounted it and hung it in the house. And as soon as I hung it, I knew that she wasn't as overjoyed as I expected her to be. And in about a week, she called me and said, "When this vertical is really not the right orientation for this image. Is there anything we can do about it? And I said, well, of course we can. I have uh, other images from the same session that are horizontal. And if you'd like that better, we'll just make another one. And so I ended up with a good sample. She ended up happy. Um, and I didn't charge her for the extra work. Um, we make enough when we sell big wall, wall art so that we can make our clients happy. And it's, it's only if you run into someone who is completely unresponsive or, uh, or negative in everything that they have to say. And I have a solution for that too. It's just like, give me back all the pictures, I'll give you back all your money and, uh, and we'll part friends and I'll never work with her again. <laughs> but uh, uh, that's how I solve it. And that, and that has stood me in very good stead for, the, for my whole career. So uh, that's what I had to say. Good morning, everybody. I love that win. And I would absolutely encourage folks, when you are looking at how you build your business structure and what your profits are, it is a really, really good idea to build your profit structure in such a way that full refunds do become an option. Because if a refund is gonna put you out of business, if a full refund means you can't pay your bills, um, you really, really want to look at the way that you've structured your business. And the, with, when you build it with customer service in mind, understanding that I have enough clients, I do enough of this, so that if a full refund becomes the way to make someone happy, I can do that. It's a pretty big deal. So certainly be keeping that in mind. I love that approach win. And I know um, for those of you who know Megan DiPiero, um, she is a highly successful portrait photographer in Florida, um, fantastic businesswoman in all respects. And she does not do contracts at all. Her policy is very much like wins. Um, she is absolutely going to make you happy at at, at whatever cost, which not only gives people a lot of faith in her when they come to work with her, um, even understanding that they're about to spend quite a bit of money, but also she has an approach of empathy that is to the extreme, recognizing that nobody thinks of themselves as a bad person. Everybody is the hero of their own story. And when they come to us with a grievance, that grievance is very, very real to them. And, um, I would, I would recommend, she has a book called She Sells, highly recommend it. Um, anything you can learn from her is gonna be valuable and it's absolutely right in line with the way that you approach things when, so um, I love that. Anthony, would love to hear from you as well. Good morning. Hi, good morning, everybody. Um, uh, always a pleasure to learn from you guys. Uh, I just wanna share real quick, one thing that had helped me uh, with conflicts and in the business and whatnot is just simply uh, giving the benefit of the doubt to my client or our guests in the in the corporate uh, business uh, that I worked before. Just giving the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes even they know that they're wrong, but just the simple fact that I gave them a way out uh, of the situation, it literally brings their defenses down. 
and and he and he has saved me so much confrontation, whether I have it on the contract or not. Unfortunately, sometimes people don't read. People don't. People don't read, and then sometimes just giving them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, I don't know if you, uh, if you saw this policy or you saw this. Uh, and of course, we have our non-negotiables and, and all that stuff. Uh, but just by doing that simple thing, have saved me so much headache. And and I just wanted to share that. Thank you. So much great information today, guys, and important stories shared that we can learn from. First want to make sure that I acknowledge and appreciate everybody who shared. It is not easy to talk about times when clients have not been happy with you. Um, I think each of us would like to believe, you know, that we are, we are successful always in having people thrilled with what we've done. And sometimes it's just not going to happen. Sometimes it's not going to be a good fit. The person hasn't had a good week. Who knows? There are a million different reasons why it's not going to work out the way that we planned. But if we take our time, if we build good systems, if we set expectations beforehand, and um, obviously client education and managing expectations is going to be a huge, huge piece of avoiding those confrontations before they happen. But if we set our intention and make sure that intention is that the client walks away happy and how do we get there from here, making sure that we retain our empathy, like Anthony said, that we're giving them the benefit of the doubt. Let's not walk into the situation assuming our client is a bad guy who's just out to take advantage of us. Most people see themselves as the hero of their own story. They don't consider what they're doing as bad or negative. Um, They will have absolutely valid reasons for thinking and feeling how they do. And we need to make sure that we understand that, that we are accounting for our own biases. And that when we go into the situation, we look for that common ground so that instead of the client being the enemy or the aggressor and us being the defender, we now become allies in attacking the problem and not one another. And however we need to go about wording that and however we need to structure our business so that that becomes possible, it's worthwhile because remember, businesses only exist to add value to people's lives. And if your business is not doing that, then you may want to consider if it's your business that's the problem and not your client and look at how you can change or restructure things so that you are adding value to someone's life. And when you're in that position, it is much more likely that you're going to have more success than failure. So this has been a fantastic conversation. We've covered a lot of ground on dealing with conflict and, um, confrontation this week. And I hope that everything that has been shared so far has been of value to you and you feel like you're maybe able to walk away with some better ways of uh, of dealing with confrontation. For the next couple of days, we're going to talk about avoiding confrontation entirely by what I talked about just a moment ago, by making sure your education process and your expectation management process for your customers is really, really strong. We have some amazing business people in here and 
I think we're going to get some great advice from them on how they educate their clients, on how they set expectations, and how they manage the process so that at the end of the client experience, they are much more likely to walk away thrilled with the fact that they've worked with you and not come back because they've been having problems. So that'll be some really great practical application for us. And hopefully that will set us up so that next week, if we do end up having any confrontations with folks, we feel like we're in a much better place to deal with them. So thanks everybody who was here today for everything that you shared, friends in the audience. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us. We love having you guys here. Hopefully you will also join us tomorrow morning and tomorrow evening where we will be live in the Facebook group and on YouTube as the Artist Forge talking a little bit about what we talked about this week. Um, some of our experiences will also be breaking down um, an image or two and, and giving some feedback there in our ever moving quest for better visual literacy. Um, and we'd love to see you guys there. Audience participation is the best part about going live. So we hope you'll come and hang out with us. And until tomorrow morning, have a fantastic day and go make something amazing. Bye, everybody. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at the Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.